If you're a health entrepreneur, coach, or practitioner that wants to turn your expertise into a high six or seven figure virtual business with less stress, so you can impact more people at a deeper level while making more money and enjoying a greater quality of life in the process, then the Health Printer Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Uriel Kame. I'm a former pro athlete, leading health expert, New York Times bestselling author, and the founder of Healthpreneur, where I help experts just like you create and fill high-end virtual coaching programs that create dream come true results for your clients. Now, for a free and in-depth training on how to do just that without manual prospecting, one-on-one coaching, or having to spend years building your online following, head on over to healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash training and jump on to our seven-figure health business blueprint training today. And now, let's get to today's episode. Hey guys, what's up? Yuri here. Welcome to another edition of... Let's just call this between the ears. Let's just call this between the ears. Maybe that might be the simplest way to, to, to define these conversations. We've got our amazing results coaches in the house, Stephanie, Jackie, Amy. What's up, guys? So uh, two things I'm really excited about today. Uh, first and foremost, we actually have no black box on the screen. So everyone is actually <laughs> on the screen today, which is a huge, that's a big win for us. You know, the last couple of sessions, there's been this mysterious black box. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you have no clue what we're talking about. Don't worry, I'm not. I'm not going crazy. Uh, if you're watching this, obviously you know what I'm talking about. Um, second, we're going to be talking about how to get comfortable asking for the sale today, and the reason this is such an important topic is once you have. So, you know, we talk a lot about building a predictable pipeline in your business, right? Having a predictable and mostly automated sales process where the only thing you do in the process is get on the phone with people. And once you've got your webinar dialed in, once you've got your Facebook ads rolling, once you have people coming in through that pipeline, you can kind of sit back and chill until people start booking calls with you. And the single biggest needle mover, I would say in how effective you are at really building a very profitable business is gonna be how effective you are on the phone with people. And we're gonna talk about a couple case studies from some of our clients in this, uh, in this, in this discussion. But I also, I want to I wanna lay a bit of a foundation first, guys. So just so you know what we're talking about, if you're not part of the Health Business Accelerator Workshop, uh, we teach our clients how to build out their perfect client pipeline. We actually help them deploy that. So we're talking about some type of cold traffic. So usually in our case, Facebook ads that are going to a webinar. From the webinar, we're inviting people to get on the phone with us. We fill out an application. And if they're qualified, you obviously would get on the phone with them and then see if they're a good fit to work with you in your program. Now, the most important thing I want you to understand is that this first call is not a sales pitch. The way we actually look at this is actually, it's actually the first coaching call. And what that means is that there's gonna be moments where it might get uncomfortable, where you're gonna challenge people, and they're gonna be put in a position where you're gonna ask them, do you wanna join me, yes or no, right? Like you have to be assertive at that point. So the effectiveness, your ability I'm not even gonna say to sell because I, I wouldn't say that we're hardcore closers by any means. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity for people who are more intro, introverted, who are good listeners, to be just as effective in these calls as probably even more so than a lot of the um, you know the hardcore closers, which is not what we recommend at all. But you know when we look at you know we've had a couple clients that have had about let's say six to eight calls and they've enrolled one of those calls or one of those people. There's a huge room for growth there. 
And that's what we're going to talk about here. So, yeah, let's jump into this. Jackie, do you want to kick us off? Because um, you actually just got off the phone with one of our clients literally just before we started recording here. So talk to us about what, again, we don't have to mention names, but like what came up in that call and what were some, I guess, stumbling blocks? Then we can look at some ways to you know help our listeners and viewers overcome those. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I don't think he would mind if, if I slipped the name here or there on him because he... <laughs> we'll put up his picture and everything. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll put up a picture and he'll get the gold star for today. Um, no, he he was doing really, really well at following our proven system, even on the phone call portion, right? He'd mapped out his own script and scripts are okay. Scripts are what you use to practice to get good. If you just jump on your first call without having any clue of what you're going to say or ask or any type of goal in mind. And the goal, of course, ultimately is to close them, but it really isn't. The goal is to serve them and to offer them an opportunity to get a result they've been dying to get, right? So he had all that mapped out really well by following the program. Um, it was to the point where he was using the prescription. And this is where we can have diarrhea of the mouth. And it can sink our ship. So <laughs> and this can is you clarify the prescription part because just so yeah. everyone knows what what that means. Yeah. So the prescription part is where you're talking about your solutions, right? You're talking about how you're going to help them get the result. So the problem with 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 him in particular is he was actually he go I go run through it with me. So he went through it, and um, what flagged me first was he mentioned the price right away. I have this great blah, 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 transformation program. I'm like, it sounds amazing. And then you go, it's less than three. It's not even $3,000. Like, bonk, you just lost me there, right? Now all I'm thinking is $3,000, $3,000. Oh my God, I can't afford $3,000, right? Even though we just had this beautiful conversation, this this end part needs to be a conversation too. So you have this beautiful conversation talking about their pain points, talking about their challenges and how he can help them and how he's helped others, right? And then he gets to the prescription and says price right away. And we're like, ah! don't do that right <laughs> don't do that and then he was just regurgitating all these like bells and whistles and bells and whistles and I was like overwhelm overwhelm and I've been in this industry forever and I was still feeling overwhelmed I'm like cut it down let's bullet what are you really giving them right bam this exercise bam this eat blah like prescription for eating like we narrowed it down to five quick things what took him 10 to 15 minutes to tell me we got down to 30 seconds or less and that's that's huge and this is guys i'll be very honest with you like this is one of the mistakes that i made on a lot of my calls and this is something that you know as a team we talked a lot about as well is spending less time talking than you are listening asking more questions let the other person do most of the talking and where it's very easy in the here's how I can help you phase to just go off like forever. And that's, it's challenging because as a coach, you know, we, we have advice and we can help people. And we just want to kind of talk about our solution, but it's really important to when you're prescribing how you can help someone, it doesn't have to be the same answer every single time. And we talked about this, Jackie and Amy with Phyllis as well is your prescription should be flexible to the point where it's tailored to each individual. So for instance, in our case, if we're talking about you know how we serve our clients, in the discovery part of the call, if we see that like they're really stuck with Facebook ads, right? For instance, that would be a piece that we talk a little bit more about in the prescription. But even if, without going into detail, we can just say, 
we're going to help you build out your Facebook ads and tie it back into the pain points that they highlighted earlier in the call. Whereas someone else might have a big sticking point with their webinar and that becomes the focus of what we talked about in the prescription. So it's always going to be tailored to the individual conversation, you know, bearing in mind the overall framework that you're working through with people. But yeah, Jackie, that's, that's, that's a great point. So, I mean, so anyways, continue if there's, you know, anything else. Yeah, well, no, it just, and it's all about them. So like when we get in the prescription phase, sometimes it can be about us because it's our program. We created this proprietary process and it's our baby and we get excited. And I, I used to be guilty too, you know, of doing the same thing because you just want to give, 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 or you want to share what you really have to offer. And you think really less is more because if you just stick to tailoring to their pain points and that's what, exactly what we did. Um, you know, he can have like a little framework to go about, but he can pick what he needs just for that call so that he's not having the diarrhea of the mouth and then losing them right at the end. Right. It's kind of like, you know, looking at a book and if you were trying to sell a book, you don't need to sell every single chapter. Like the person just wants to know what is the outcome I'm going to get from reading this book. Right. And you can just quickly skim through the table of contents. And then if they have any more specific, how does this work questions, you can get into that after. But the key, as you said, Jackie, is, is it's not about us. It's <laughs> never about us. And this is the one of the biggest things that I see with health experts is like, we think we're so smart because a lot of times we are. And it's like, well, I remember one of our first clients, I'm not gonna mention his name. He's like, well, I developed this course. It's a thousand hours of video. I'm like, shit because i did that years ago with one of our courses and i'm like no one cares about that stuff nobody cares about that and you just have to remember that whatever it is you're creating you have to tie it into the benefit that that person is going to experience from that thing so anyways great great insights jackie that's awesome um amy you do a lot of calls for us on the front end as well what do you see i mean what i mean you so perspective for everyone listening and watching you have your own business on your own mm -hmm. fitness business, coaching business. So you are enrolling clients for yourself and you also are a coach with us. So you help us obviously enroll clients into our HBA program as well. What has been your learning curve with respect to doing these calls? And what have you seen? What like what was initially one of your challenges and, and how do you feel now uh, with practice over time with respect to that? Those are great, great questions. Um, I think really what's happened is in the, it's interesting. So I'll be perfectly honest. When I started working with Healthpreneur, it was way easier for me to get to the price point with the enrollment calls with Healthpreneur than it was for my own program. And why is that? Confidence. I had confidence in Yuri. I had confidence in the HBA. I had gone through it. I had amazing results. And although I have worked in the fitness industry for 25 years and I've gotten countless clients, amazing, amazing results. And I've been online for several years. This was new. This price point was new, getting on the phone and asking for it. So um, I would get nervous at that point. So I've had a unique experience. I was always good on the phone, you know, even with my studio, I, I'm not afraid to get on the phone. But what I found was that I really, and we talked a little bit about this last week, what I find for myself, the learning curve, is I have to set my intention. So if I have a call coming up, I have to have enough time before the call to do the ritual that I have created so that I'm in service to the person on the phone. And then what I've learned is even though you're in service and you're coaching, you're setting the stage from the very, very moment 
that you get on the phone with these folks, you're setting the stage for asking them to join you if it's appropriate, right? Because you're telling them, you're saying, hey, I've got you down, you know, for a personal success call for 45 minutes. Does that sound right? Yes. You know, so what prompted you to book this call? So you're constantly pulling from them. Is, you know, is there anyone else you need? And this was a big one that we can come back to. Um, is there anyone else you need to make a yes or no decision if we get to that point? So at, you're setting the stage already. So right there, if they say, well, yes, I really can't make a decision without blah, 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 you can immediately say, well, you know what? If that's the case, let's reschedule when they can be on. So you're not getting to the end and getting that. So right in the beginning, you're saying, hey, I get that. I get you might have somebody else. And we ask that in our uh, final email as well. Hey, have someone else on the call. So the learning curve really was like, okay, I really need to set my intention. I have a lot of experience on the phone. If you don't, you're, it's even more important for you to practice these calls. So practice, do them with other HBAers, you know, get feedback from us, but hook up with each other and do your call script because that will serve you better than even getting on with us because you'll hear each other's mistakes or where you're tripping up. I also learned that when I'm getting to the point where I'm going to ask them to join, I need to stand up. If I do not stand up, my voice drops and I don't, it's power positioning. It's whatever it is. I have more confidence when I stand. And so standing to ask is super important for me. Also, the, you asked about the prescription phase. In that prescription phase, again, you know, you are talking about solutions, but you're setting the stage. So you're very simply saying, like, this is the four-step process. I, I have three structure. Uh, now I can't even remember mine. Right? <laughs> My three S's. Structure systems and scheduling. So I just very briefly go over that and say, okay, let's talk about where you're stuck. Now, where did I learn this from? All from from the HBA and from from Yuri. So when we get on the phone with initial enrollment calls, we say, you know, this is our four part system. Now let's get to your where you said you were most challenged. So you're not like throwing up all over them if they already have a program in place. You're not throwing up all over them if they really, you know, they already eat well but they don't know how to fit exercise in. I need to focus on that. So I'm talking about the HBA and my own program. But it's really about, it always comes down to confidence. It comes down to if you only got paid for delivering an amazing result, who would you work with? And now that person's on the phone with you, right? And you're, they're going to give you money before you deliver the result. So you better be sure you can deliver it. And when you go into the call being like, hell yeah, I can deliver that, then you're going to stand up and ask for the ask them to join you and when you ask them to join you I just find like my you were asking what's different I was timid in the beginning you heard my calls you heard the recordings um, and some of it is going to be that folks so energetically some of the people who aren't ready for your program are going to come to your call so you can practice and then you'll gain the confidence so you can attract the person that's right for you so I hope that answered your question yeah Uh, yeah. that's good I think you know one of the things you touched on was is just practice, right? And yeah. whether you, and, and this is something we've we've suggested and encouraged over and over, is getting together, just randomly posting in the group, hey guys, I'm looking for a practice call, who wants to do one? Just getting the practice in is super important because you're gonna be paying for these calls, essentially. So why not get the repetitions in before that? Um, but another, another thing that's really effective is, and this is something I recommend, um, even you know when we first started you know bringing you guys onto these calls was literally read the script like learn the script 
to the T. So if you were initially following your own script, like speak into a microphone and record it and just listen to yourself and look for those sticking points of where am I umming, like, uh, all that kind of stuff, clean that up. Uh, when you get to the offer and the sale and the quote unquote ask or the close, is there a pause? Is there any kind of um, hesitancy? Is there a drop in confidence or certainty? Because it's the it's not the words that you say necessarily, it's how you say them. It's the it's the nonverbal communication, right? The tonality, that type of stuff. That's the thing. Those are the things you really have to pay attention to because that is what the human brain subconsciously is picking up on. So that we say this all the time. People are buying certainty. And if you don't feel 100% certain in your solution, number one, um, drink more of your own Kool-Aid or go back to the drawing board and make it amazing. But don't let that be a procrastination block to just perfect things. Um, and then second is just repetition, like repetition, repetition, repetition. And honestly, I don't know about Jackie, Amy, Steph, like you guys, I felt 10 times more effective and confident even after four or five calls. Yeah. You know, it didn't take like a hundred calls. It was like four or five calls to work out some of the kinks. And we record the calls. So we listen back to them. And once you are doing your own live calls with, with clients or prospective clients, record them, listen back to those as well. So just, you know, a lot of really cool stuff here that's, uh, I hope you guys are, are taking notes on it and taking into consideration. Steph, what about you? Cause you do a lot of this stuff with your own clients. What do you see? Um, how, how do you, like, what are some tips or strategies that you've found to be effective for you getting comfortable asking for the sale? Well, you know what? What's interesting is that Jackie and Amy both kind of touched on the two biggest things, and one is really uh, tactical, right? Which is kind of what Jackie was talking about, where it's getting really confident about what you're saying and really clear about what you're saying, really concise in what you're saying. And you know, Amy said how she, you know, specifically finds out people's pain points and then can speak a little bit more about that one aspect of the offer or whatever it is. So that's all tactical. And then Amy actually uh, mentioned another piece, which is the energetic piece of it. And what I found is that a lot of people have negative connotations about not only sales in general, right? So a lot of people feel like sales is kind of slimy. So they're going in kind of thinking that already. And then that affects completely the way that you're presenting your offer to people. But also I have a lot of people that, that suffer with already going into the call thinking that people aren't going to afford it. Mm, um, if they know, happen to know something about them. Like for example, I, I said, I did this in a, uh, talked about this in a Facebook live. I have one client who she uh, has a lot of teacher friends and she was like, but I know they're teachers. So that means they probably can't afford this price point. It's like, well, if you're going into the call already thinking that then you're going to be presenting it in a way that's very low energetic. You're not going to be very excited. You're going to be very timid when you tell them the price point. So it's really about getting really confident in your offers and not making assumptions about the people who you're speaking to because a lot of times, and especially when you guys are raising your price points, right? That's one thing that is amazing about HBA is that we're helping people raise their price points to the point that they actually deserve to be receiving for their great gifts. However, once you raise that price point, then you're already in your head thinking, you know, or sometimes let's not make assumptions, but a lot of times people will be like, Oh my gosh, this is a lot. This is a lot. This is a lot simply because it's just, you maybe weren't charging enough to begin with. Um, so if you can just kind of wrap your head around that first. And, and one of the things that really helps is just, you know, Yuri talked about practicing, practicing, practicing and recording yourself and listening. And then also visualizing 
in the close, if you want to call it a close, we, it, you know, that's kind of like a boiler room type of terminology. But but let's say you're just going to like there's a whole technique in sales, like more militant sales that are like the boiler room sales where it's assume the close, assume the close. Right. But really, all that saying is just assume a positive outcome. Assume people are going to love what you have to offer. Um, Yuri said something the other day in one of our meetings. It was like delusional confidence. What was it that you delusional said? Optimism delusional optimism i absolutely love that because that's that's kind of what it is it's almost like just psyching yourself up so much before these calls that just like amy stands up and she feels really confident whatever it is that you need to do and she mentioned that she has a ritual before that she does before each call and that's been a game changer for me in my personal coaching business is having a setup at least like give myself a buffer of 15 to, to 10 to 15 minutes where I'm literally tapping into this higher vibrational plane and just getting really set up and, um, you know, just setting the intention that I'm going to help this person so much and that what I have to offer is going to help them so much and that they're just going to have so much engagement and love on this call. And that's really what helps me to set that up. And that, that when I don't do that, the energy is completely different. So it's really important to just set yourself up before the call. And, you know, because the scripts and all that stuff are really important. But if it like you're said it's not really about what you're saying it's more about how you're saying it that people subconsciously latch on to you know yeah and um was, if, sorry Seth, no, go ahead. Uh, i just wanted to jump in with your assumptions because that's something that i am still learning right um we sometimes have assumptions and you're talking about assumptions before people even go to put their program out there then we get to the application process where i am guilty of making assumptions and i have learned and this weekend was a huge another huge lesson and make no assumptions so you look at the application right people aren't always even when we're asking the question about how much would this be worth for you or how much do you have to invest Somebody might put zero because they don't want to tell us, right? They're kind of like, I'm, I'm doing this and I can't believe I'm making this phone call and I'm not telling them how much money. They don't know us. They know the webinar. They don't know if we're going to raise the price based on what they say they can afford, which we would never do, but they don't know. So I've learned that. Don't. And I've gone into calls thinking somebody wouldn't join, and guess what? I was super relaxed, and they joined. They enrolled because I had no assumptions or expectations. This weekend, I had a very, I'll say, interesting phone call that I was on way too long with, and the application said 10 to 15 grand to spend on a solution, to invest in a solution, right? So this was, I would say, the one of the most difficult calls I've had and should have gotten off way sooner. So just... Make no assumptions so that if you go in knowing that you're in service and not knowing the outcome, meaning that if it's not for this person, you're going to tell them so that you're then still serving them. Because if you bring them into your world and they're going to rock your whole boat, that's not serving you or them. So you're, you really are serving them if you tell them this isn't a fit for you. So to make, you know, the, the short of it is do your best to let go of assumptions and that's that's really, you know, and I'm still struggling with it, but it's it really helps when I can just be open. Yeah, and you bring up a good point, too, because just because somebody's on the phone with you does not mean you should make them an offer. <laughs> there are times, and this, I'm telling you guys, because if you bring the wrong people into your program, number one, they can become a cancer. That is going to suck the energy out of you, and it's going to make it worse for everyone else you're working with. So... Remember, on your calls, this is not about please work with me. It's you are Simon Cowell of American Idol. You're <laughs> sitting in your chair and they're up on stage performing and auditioning for you. 
That's the position you have to take with these calls, right? We're not selling a $10 ebook, we're selling a three to $5,000 coaching program. And for them, they have to sell you on why they sh- or why you should take them. So you have to have that perspective with obviously service in mind, but it's not about begging for people to work with you because again, subconsciously under the surface, people detect neediness and neediness is not a good thing, okay? So there will be times where you will get people on the phone and whether it's energetic or you just don't even, let's say it's like, I've been on the phone with a few people, I didn't even like having a conversation with them. And like, and maybe I could have had them invest in the program, but I'm like, man, do I wanna spend the next several months working with this person? The answer is no. So uh, I'm just gonna shut this down. And there have been times where, you know, you might get to the point where it's like, okay, I'm thinking, well, I just need to make a sale. I just need to get some money coming in. And mm-hmm. I, I, guys, I know it's tough and I know, you know, it's alluring to have, you know, an enrollment and get several thousand dollars, but just because, you know, there's an old saying, commission breath. If they fog up a mirror, you can make them an offer. You know, it's you have to get away from that because you want to bring, and this is why it's important to really identify your perfect client criteria. And if they don't meet that, you have to be very firm in saying, listen, I, I just don't think we're a good fit. Yeah. With that said, if they are a good fit and they've said that, yes, I think this makes sense for me, it's your duty to close them. And I don't, I don't like using the word close, or whatever, enroll, whatever it is, but it's at that point, if you get to the point where they're like, yeah, this, I need your help and you know they're a good fit and you can actually help them, now it's your duty to do whatever you have to do to get them to hand over the credit card and enroll in your program. And this is where I think personally a lot of people get stuck. And I think yeah. the biggest reason is the fear of being disliked. I, like, I really do like the fear of being disliked holds us back from so many things because, yeah. oh my God, we might piss this person off. What if they say no to me? The fear of rejection is a big fear. So, and I've listened to a number of calls of our clients and always at that one point, would you like to join us, right? Or, you know, shall we get started today or whatever the phrase you want to use is, there's always a drop in energy or hesitation there. And guys, that one question arguably is the most important question. Like you have to be firm and people will pick up on that confidence. And if you say it with certainty, be like, listen, here's the deal. Do you want to join us? Yes or no? That's it. (laughs) And you have to be firm with that because if you're not, if you're wavering, you're not going to get the results you want to get. Um, Going back to what you you talked about, Steph and and Amy, the pre-ritual, I want to talk about it really quickly here. I was listening to an interview months ago and it was... Uh, and I wish I remember the, the guy's name, but he was talking about how even, so there's been studies that have shown that because our brain seeks out danger, that's one of the biggest things we're able to do, we are sensitive to dangerous things and we obviously will do anything to avoid them. So what they found in this one study was that the subconscious can pick up on stress, it can pick up on desperation, it can pick up on you know all those different emotions. And what they found was that the other person on the other line physiologically can mimic at a cortisol level, the same cortisol that you have in your body. So if you're going into a call stressed out, angry, uh, with the idea that you know people are bad and no one's gonna pay, that emotion physiologically, as well as energetically, is picked up by that other person. And they've shown this in studies. So we have a saying in our company, which is get zen and then. So this is why we've talked about like these pre-call rituals, is 
do what you have to do to like chill, focus, visualize a positive outcome, and then get on the phone with people. Do and, I, and I've made this mistake in the past. And I, taught, I think I told you about this, Jackie. I had you know many many times where I had like six calls back to back on one day, mm-hmm. and it was exciting. You know, some people didn't roll. But there would be other days where I was like, I was just exhausted. And I would get to the end of the day, like my fourth or fifth call even. And I'm like, I'm not even in a, in a mental state anymore to be speaking with these people. So don't make the mistake of doing that. Give yourself some time, chill out, meditate, go for a walk, uh, and then get on the phone with everyone. Because everyone does, they don't know that you've had four calls before this one, right? You have to give your full undivided attention to each person on the phone. Um, Yuri, I I loved what you said about it being our duty and our responsibility and really our obligation. There are people out there, you know, waiting. That's not just something we say. They really are searching on Google at night. Like they're sad. They're depressed. They're searching for an answer and we're giving them hope. And if you get them on the phone, they're still, you know, for many people, especially and I, you know, I'll speak from my own experience. I, I, I work with mainly women, but for many, many women, they haven't spent the money or they invested in themselves because they're so busy caretaking. So you get people that are afraid, like, oh, my gosh, not only are they, they might have plenty of, of money to invest, but they are not used to investing in themselves. So you're dealing with a lot of different things. And so to help them and even say to them, you know, you've told me that you wanted X, Y, Z. We've talked about this. You've said this makes sense to you. You said you have the support of your spouse. You've told me all of these things. So if money weren't an issue, would you enroll? Okay, well, you said on your application. I mean, I go back to this and call people out and say, well, I'm a little bit confused because on your application you said you had X, Y, Z to invest. You're telling me all of these things. I understand it's scary, but, you know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? So it's just really, you know, empowering yourself to empower your clients. Yeah, totally. It's um, I totally lost my train of thought there. Um but you know, I think you know what it comes down to, guys. Is there's there's three things I think. Number one is your mindset and just overall energy, right? Approaching the call, get like get that and get that get that dialed in. Second, is you have to like you have to fully drink your Kool Aid. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of cults, okay? But there's a lot to be learned from that, right? There's a lot to be learned from Scientology and you know different cults around the world where you've got these leaders. Who are so delusional in what they believe that they create this following of people and there's I can't remember the um, in the book Influence by Robert Cialdini he talked about this actually it's a great a great there's a whole chapter on this he talked about a cult community in South America I think they were from the states and they moved down to Guyana or something they actually all killed themselves it was like David Jones or John Jones or I don't know who it was yeah, yeah like, that was a huge actually all yeah. killed themselves because they yeah. believed that what the leader was talking about made the most sense. Like, it's like, hey, if you kill yourselves, we're gonna go to a higher whatever. A hundred some odd people all collectively killed themselves. Like, I'm not talking about, we're not creating calls, we're not getting to that level, but what makes these leaders so effective, I think, is they, like, they believe without a shadow of a doubt in what they're doing. And that's why I call this delusional optimism. Like, you have to be delusionally optimistic about a better future for yourself and your clients, but you also have to believe, you have to be, very confident in what you're offering people. And even if even if someone else is offering something similar, oh, someone else talked about intermittent fasting and they're selling something for a hundred bucks, who cares? It's not about that. It's not about that at all. Because remember, it's 
you don't have to come out with the latest thing that no one's ever seen before. Like, yes, make it slightly better, but just the very fact that you're getting people to commit more money means that they're willing to step up and finally get the result. And you can call them out flat up. You can say, listen, I'm not the first, I'm not the first person or the only person in the world to talk about intermittent fasting. Yes, you could spend all day long searching Google and YouTube and, and taking pieces all over the place, but why are we even having this conversation in the first place? Right? You've probably already done that. And as Amy alluded to, if they're hesitating, you have to call, this is where it goes back to the coaching call, right? You have to call them out on their bullshit because they're excuses about being fearful of moving forward. And I think it's really important to let people know it's not gonna be easy. There's gonna be challenges. Let people know that, hey, if you've never worked out before, you're gonna feel sore, right? Because if we lie to them about that, I don't think that's a good, a good thing for them to do. So let people know that this is not gonna be easy, but I'm gonna hold your hand through this process. And together, we're gonna get through this and you will get the results you want 100 times more effectively or with more certainty than you ever would on your own. So yeah, so I think it's you know energetically getting in the right state, um, really, really being certain about what it is you have to offer. And then third is practicing the heck out of your, your call process, right? Go through the script, your script, read it out, record it for yourself. Then it's about the framework. It's not about the specific words. If you generally know the framework to follow, you're good. And then just repetition, repetition, record your calls, listen to them over and keep getting better and better and better. Guys, this is just about mastery. That's all it is. It's just about putting the reps, looking at where you can improve and getting back on the phone. That's it. And one, one last thing none of us really touched on was the objections. Mm. Like that's part of the practice. So as a coach, you know, I, Stephanie will laugh at this. I'm very hardcore. It's find an excuse or find a way. It's that simple. And that's what you're going to do. That's what your clients are going to do. And so you have to call them out on it. It's part of the BS filter, right? And their friends and their family be like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're That's just who you are. That's how life's supposed to be. Or we're all fat and happy. Let's just deal with it, right? No, 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 no. We have to call it the BS. That's why they're hiring us. That's why they're paying premium for us to stand up for them when they're not willing to stand up for themselves. So if we can practice those objections that, A, come up naturally on your phone calls or pre, you know, preconceive them yourselves, write down, okay, where would someone maybe say X, Y, and Z? Or where were they? Is it the money? Is it my process? Is it the result? Is it the outcome? Is it, it not sustainable? How will they? No, you know, so I think that's a big part of it, too, that hangs people up is not feeling comfortable with objection because that leads to rejection and that doesn't feel good either. But if you're serving your clients and coaching them through the conversation, it's a conversation. It's not a sales pitch. If you're coaching them through that conversation, they're going to enroll with you that day or it'll be maybe a month or two later, depending on whatever true life circumstance may be happening. Life could be happening. I've had a couple women, which is ironic going through nasty divorces and some major health issues that I've had on our calls. And they're like, I will, I will be showing up. I just, I need to figure out how, and I'm going to figure out the money and I'm going to do whatever it takes. And two or three of them have called back three weeks later, six weeks later, and they're enrolled. So it's, it's having that mindset and having that service and being okay with it because to me, every no is a challenge and I love challenges. So I'm like, okay, how can I make this work for this person? Because they said they wanted it. Totally. And guys, like if you're doing the calls now, if you're at that point, go through module, 
module three uh, in the portal because we talk about how to overcome these objections, how to handle them. But also, we're going to do yeah. a lot more of this stuff on the Q&A calls. So join me every Thursday. I'm on the Q&A calls, and we'll go into detail about how to overcome these specific objections, whether it's you know needing to get a spouse on the phone or money stuff. And we'll talk about this, and we'll work through this, and we'll give you some examples of how you can overcome that stuff because um, – if you don't, here's the thing, if you don't know how to handle that, then you're going to be caught like a deer in the headlights when it comes up. And if that happens, you've, you're done, right? Like you don't, the thing is, you have to, you have to visualize and prepare for things not going the way you want them to. So as Jackie alluded to, what happens when this happens? How do I respond to this? What might happen if this person says this? How do I respond? And that's very, 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 very important for you guys to work through. And each each and every one of you might be a little bit different, right? How you address that based on the nature of, of your program or, or you know, the way you approach things. But you have to know how you're going to handle these things. And I'm not a huge fan of like these hardcore salesmen. But one of, the do, one of the things I do appreciate about them is that they are so quick on their feet. You just have to admire it. Right? They will come up with a one-liner, and you're like, "No, man, I'm just, I'm just looking." And then, boom, they've got an answer for that. They've got the next thing that is like, "Holy shit! Like, what is this?" So, not that you have to be that dude, but you have to be able to think quickly on your feet. In order to think quickly on your feet, you have to have this stuff rehearsed and planned out ahead of time. So, I'm, I think, again, we could talk about this forever. So, guys, if you're in the program. Get onto the Q and A calls. Get onto uh, you know the support calls, the monthly check ins, because these fine ladies will help you guys out big time. We can help you out inside the group. We can listen to your calls, all that good stuff. Okay, um, because once you have this dialed in, it becomes very exciting when you're when you're looking at your calendar, and you've got like three or four or five calls booked per day. It's like, all right, now I've got to actually turn the faucet down because I've got too many people calling me. And that's a really good place to be in because if you know, for instance, that you enroll one out of two people, you can start to predictably budget or, or forecast what you could be doing revenue-wise. And then based on that, looking at your critical numbers, okay, wow, it's cost me like, you know, our client this morning, Jackie, he's paying $33 to get a client or a prospective client on the phone. That is amazing. So if he's $33 to get someone on the phone, and let's say he were to enroll one out of every three, he's enrolling clients for less than $100 for, let's say, a $2,000 or $3,000 program. That's a 20 to 1 ROI. And when you know that, why would you not open up the bank and give all of your money to Facebook? Because now it's just like, how do I get more of these people coming into my pipeline? And that's what this is about, guys, is that you have, let's say, 90% of the pipeline automated your Facebook ads, your webinar application. The only time we're not automating stuff is getting on the phone with people. And that's where the magic happens, I really believe. So um, Jackie, Amy, Steph, thank you guys so much for sharing your wisdom today, uh, for being awesome, and obviously supporting our clients uh, in more of a one-on-one fashion through this stuff too, because I know that you guys really, really helped them out in a big way. Um, If you guys are watching this in the group, it's awesome work, keep it up. If you're listening to this on the podcast or watching this on... uh, our healthpreneur group or on my on my page and you want our supports to be able to enroll your best clients premium prices get through your own mental blocks to really be effective on the phone with people without feeling salesy by serving them and moving them to their higher their better future then 
It all starts by attending our free training, The 7 Figure Health Business Blueprints. Head on over to healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash training. It's a 70-minute training. Guarantee it'll give you some very big insights about what you should stop doing, what you should probably do a little more of, and a little bit more about our approach to how we serve our clients. And if it jives with you, if it resonates with you, then you can book a call with us. And you can actually experience firsthand what it's like to be on the receiving end of one of these calls. And you'll very quickly realize that it's not a sales pitch. And we tell we tell you that like right up front, um, you're not gonna be hard closed. But if you're a good fit for us, watch what happens, right? You're gonna determine this is the right fit, we're gonna determine it's a good fit, and then the rubber will hit the road. So um, Jackie, Amy, Steph, thank you guys so much for sharing your insights and your perspectives. Uh, everyone else, thank you guys so much for tuning in for another Between the Ears episode. And <laughs> have an awesome day, everyone, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.